Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, ah, heal the soul, ah, and awaken the consciousness. Yeah, yeah, party tutors, yeah. Wow, it's going to be <laughs> one of those shows. I'm liking this. I'm liking this, Loretta. Celebrate. Oh, celebrate right the music yeah hello good job country yeah. way to go country <laughs> thank you yeah so now we are launched into um the future which we are a vital part of right yeah anyway uh yeah good morning benny i gotta say good morning to you and good color that you chose today yeah great minds think alike <clears throat> well done i know yeah well done yeah <laughs> Anyway, I'm Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 26, going on 27 years. Ah, and yes, we're still alive and well. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com and you can sign up for everything at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. And for those of you that are wanting private sessions, please be patient. I am booked just a little ways out, as you can all imagine. Um, I do offer a Sunday meditation with Loretta every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it is a great way for you to reset yourself and hang out with like-minded people who are trying to be in the light as best we can, right? And if you cannot make that 11 a.m. time frame, please just let me know. I will send you a recording of the uh, meditation, and they're really sort of transmissions, meaning an energy will come through them that will help. And you can um, listen to those. And by the way, if you do show up at 11, you also get a recording. So don't think, <laughs> don't think the way to get the recording is not show up, right? <laughs> uh, just, just saying. Anyway, I also have my monthly class with women this coming Saturday, which is the day after tomorrow. The Temple of the Divine Feminine, we meet once a month. We are doing it via Zoom, and it's working very, very well. This is a great one to come to. It is our first one of the year, and we're going to be doing some uh, powerful setting of energies for this year. And of course, I always love the circle of women. Um, we kind of hold each other and support each other and and talk about ancient mysteries and, and girly stuff, you know, the two extremes. So um, please come if you want to, Temple of the Divine Feminine. You can sign up schedule.reikioasis.com. And of course, to my patrons, a big thank you from the bottom of my heart. We are a listener-supported show. And everybody that helps um, keep the show on the air, and I love that, you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show. And don't get confused. It's the Loretta Brown show, even though this is the original Loretta Brown show. It's a long story. It's just, you know, it's just to be a little bit mysterious. And then I want to uh, check in with astrology real quick before I bring on my guest, because we do have a lot going on. This week, we've had some of the most, well, it's very powerful things going on in the sky and and uh, kind of setting the tone for what we are going into. We've been talking about entering the age of Aquarius, and we have now entered the sign of Aquarius, uh, somewhere between the 19th and 20th, depending where you are on planet Earth. And under the Aquarian sun, we're being shaken to awaken, inspire change, and shift the way we have been choosing to see the world 
we are true pioneers now. We are being invited to participate. And there's often a certain level of chaos that comes before real, meaningful, and lasting change. So don't be overly bothered by any upset that you might might come across your eyes. The water bearer, the symbol for the air sign of Aquarius, represents our ability to transform or raise the vibration of the collective consciousness, which is often symbolized by water, and uh, use our connection to the breath and the alchemical properties of breath. And if you think of air being able to uh, transform water into vapor or um, uh, into ice. Um, this is the alchemical energy of the air. Oh, gosh, starts to get it. The breath can bring us into the present moment. It can soothe our heart. Oh, especially if you put your hand on your heart, right? It can quiet your mental chatter. Maybe, hopefully, <laughs> like a little fresh breeze going through the dusty mind, right? And we have the power to take our consciousness and gather it into our vessel and use the power of our breath to shift and transmute it, not just for ourselves, but for the entire planet. So since Aquarius is community driven, it's asking us to turn to our community. We do not need to walk alone during this season and in fact we're going to be required to reach out and help support each other so Aquarius is that interesting sign that values the individual but also values the collective remember like I said you're not alone if you need help in any way please reach out there are many many people that can help you and I'm a firm believer in everybody going to a professional so that you don't burden your friends with all of your stuff right get, get some help now, on Wednesday, which was yesterday, Mars conjunct Uranus, which is the trigger for tense, hostile situations. And Mars can be fiery. Uranus can be erratic or sudden. So the combination can create some turbulence. So watch for that in the days to come. We already had a little bit of that in Seattle last night in Portland, right? So this can also help us think outside the box. We need to do things in a different way. On January 22nd, Mars squares Jupiter. Mars and Jupiter. This may amplify the turbulent energy of the last few days, but it can also help to push some fears, push us past those fears that have been making us feel stuck. And isn't everybody tired of being stuck? You are stronger than your fears. You were created for this. You came for this. And I, I always want to help you embrace it. And with, with joy, sometimes the challenge is not so joyful at the moment, but the idea is to, to be able to work through it. We are headed towards the full moon in Leo and the sun conjunct Jupiter. There's Jupiter again on January 28th. So with so much energy unfolding around the Leo full moon, we may feel a little erratic. We also have all this energy bathing our planet. We have those higher beings that are here to assist us. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's Aquarius. Guess what? You get to breathe. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, Capricorn, I love you, but goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> The sun conjunct to Jupiter is traditionally a positive omen. 
and a time to expand your mindset to receive the gift of seeing the bigger picture, the bigger picture. We're being asked to kind of rise above ourselves, or to go into our higher aspect of our of who we know ourselves to be. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was like, "We know that we're better than this, and we we are. So let's do it, right? There's no reason to hold back from being the best form of yourself that you can be." Realizing, I do realize that's not so easy. Now, in such an expansive time of our consciousness. I can think of no better time to bring on my guest, Susan Plunkett. If you have ever wondered, are dimensional beings visiting our planet? How much truth is held in our dreams? Or simply, what is going on here? Why are we here? (laughs) Then you are listening to the right show. Susan Plunkett is a science fiction writer and a psychologist. What a great combination. She received her doctorate at the New School for Social Research in 1989, has been in private practice in New York City for 31 years. Her favorite part of her work is interpreting dreams using a Jungian approach. My favorite. For the past 10 years, she's been writing science fiction in which she explores the worlds of the fifth and sixth dimensions, wanderers, higher dimensional beings who volunteer to come to earth. And she'll tell us more about that, right? And she claims that much of her writings are channeled information and she has contact with dimensional beings personally. Today, we're gonna be talking about her book, The Wanderers on Earth, book two of the Mission from Mars trilogy. And of course, we're gonna be talking about anything that our guides and angels want us to talk about. Welcome to the show, Susan. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. It feels wonderful to be here. Your energy is so beautiful. Thank you. So positive. It's so nice. Thank you. Thank you. I have to tell you that I have enjoyed your book so much. And um, you're yeah. a new host. Wow. <laughs> oh, I had to read it. I mean, uh, it drew me and and I really mean this um I started reading it and literally started crying I'll well, cry you right. knew everything and it was right <sighs> right I thought I am reading a book about myself yes yeah and you have such great truths in it and I knew instantly that this was really a channeled work uh, my interpretation and I really want you to talk about it is that was that is being put into story form so that it's much more palatable for the general public yes yeah that's absolutely right I think yeah I've been told that I'm a scribe I it's not you know I'm not really a writer I don't create things but and I was I came to it so late I mean I almost didn't wake up enough to do it I mean, I thought that my mission was just to be a psychologist, even though for 30 years I've been getting readings which told me uh, you have another task, you're a writer, you're a scribe, but I just didn't think I could do it. And finally, like after the umpteenth person, I think the one that pushed me over the edge was one of your guests, Cindy Dale. Oh, I love Cindy. Yeah, she's wonderful. She said, Susan, it's one degree degree below zero here in Minnesota. And I'm burning up because your guides and my guides are telling me, tell her, stop 
dawdling, stop whining, sit down. It will come through. And I was like, what will come through? What are they talking about? You know, I had been told before that I was a channel, but I was, but I was afraid. I didn't want the dark side like coming through. So I was like always turning away. The only place I allowed it, which I have allowed it for 30 years, is when I'm working with a patient, I sometimes information comes that I couldn't know or wasn't from my consciousness. It's just dropped from heaven. And that I will say, but nothing ever came for me to advise me or my life would have been a lot smoother. Um, the only things that came were in session. And then finally, this shaman from Australia, Cindy had pushed me to write one book, but the shaman from Australia said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That book you wrote after Cindy told you, but that was just teaching yourself how to be a scribe. You've got to write a trilogy now. You've got to write this mission from Venus trilogy. And I was like, really? And she said, it'll just come through. And she's wonderful. She's the daughter of an Australian Aborigine and so it's women who pushed me to do this work and assured me not to worry. And the shaman, the, uh, the Australian shaman actually said, you sat in council before you incarnated. They are giving you information. They sent you here to be a scribe and make it in a story because it's in chrysalis form and it needs to come out in a story so people can know how much they're loved and how much divinity they hold. I mean, it's two sentences, but of course I had to take three books. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. It's much more delightful that way, right? That was you know, <laughs> well, you know how something's good and, and you're like, oh, I want it to last a little longer, right? So thank you for doing that. Um, you said so many wonderful things in there and I kind of want to pull it out a little bit. Um, First of all, you had been told or you had been having these experiences that were bringing a message to you that maybe you had something special to do, right? And, you know, like so many people, because I work with a lot of people too, and quite often people are all excited when they're told something by their their guides and, and, and divine ones, but we have trouble accepting it, don't we? Yes, because we're afraid. We think me? How I no no I couldn't. What do you Impossibly mean? Possibly do. Yeah. What do you mean? I I I you know, it's true because we don't know how much we're loved and we don't know that we're divine. That's what we really have to come to because we will each person will never be as happy as they could be until they they embrace the fact that they are a divine spark having a life in a human body on earth at a most auspicious time. You were talking about how we've just moved into the sign of Aquarius for the next, I don't know, 29, 30 days. But also, we've also moved in beginning in 1947 and now finally completely out of the dark Piscean age into 2,600 years of the Aquarian age. So like when they were singing in the 60s, the age of Aquarius, I love that song, by the way. Me too. Um, they were <laughs> I'm like, let's do it. The yeah. dawning of the age of Aquarius. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> because now, I guess by March or by even now, we're like fully there. 
we're fully in this light age. So it makes it easier for us to, to wake up to the fact of our own divinity and everything comes out. So it is wonderful. Like not only are we this month in the, in the sign of Aquarius, but we're in the age of Aquarius, which is going to be a, we're going to have, we're going to have paradise on earth in a couple hundred years. And that's why we're all hurrying here now. That's why the wanderers and anybody who, well, many people who find these books, um, especially the wanderers on earth, could be wanderers. If you pick up this book and you start to cry or you relate to it, you're <laughs> probably a wanderer. Yeah. And you're here to like, help other people wake up. Yeah. And yeah. it's a wonderful mission. And, you know, we're just temporarily in these beautiful human vehicles that we have. Um, and sometimes I think, I'm going to miss this body. I'm going to miss my hands with their liver spots and, you know, <laughs> and because I'm not going to have them when I leave. When I, leave. I don't know why particularly it's my hands I feel like I'm going to miss, but. Um, I, I I actually get that. Um you know? My, my guides told me one time, they said, Loretta, you know, hug people as much as possible. You know, I play the piano too. I'm very tactile, right? And I love to touch things. And I really got the impression it's because we don't really have them like this when we're not in this body. Yeah. You know, we can hug each other and love each other and touch things, but yeah. there's something about our, our physical body that's an interface of, of extreme sensation. Yeah. And, I uh, think that's yeah. just... It's just so true and so wonderful. Like, I guess yeah. every dimension that we're simultaneously living in has its gifts. And the body is such a beautiful instrument. And I guess, you know, it's so good to appreciate it, to do, to re let it receive Reiki, to let it do yoga, to meditate, to help it be as healthy as it can be while we're occupying it. I know that simultaneously we're occupying other forms because it's all happening at once. We just don't focus on that because our heads would explode if everything manifested at one time, all the dimensions we're simultaneously living in. But So I, I want to pause on that concept because I think it's important. Um, first of all, um, I want you to reiterate... Uh, it, I'll give this to you, and then you can talk a while. I, I want you to re reiterate a little bit what wanderers are, and then I want you to talk about, you know, a lot of people right now are saying, well, we're in 3D, but we're going to 4D, and we're going to 5D, and the dimensional realities, and, you know, my understanding is that we're all, it's all here right now, yeah. right, and some of us are in 3D, some are 4D, and some are 5D, some by I, I don't know, right? But can you talk about that a little bit? Because you really bring that out in your books. Um, well, thank you for that question, because that will make it easier to understand what I'm talking about. Wanderers, my understanding is that wanderers are beings from around many, many galaxies who answer the call uh, to train on Venus, to incarnate on Earth, We've always had wanderers coming here. That is beings from higher dimensions who choose to lower their vibration and incarnate in a third dimension in order to be of service. 
I believe Benjamin Franklin, Nikola Tesla, perhaps John Lennon were, were wanderers. They had a message. Just if you think of that song, imagine. Mm -hmm. um, this I is love that message. song. Yeah, this is the message that wanderers bring. The world can live as one. It's even the motto of the United States, e pluribus unum, out of the many one, because America is supposed to be the way shower. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we've lost our path, but hopefully we're getting back on it. Yeah. Um, so wanderers are higher dimensional beings who choose to incarnate to bring a message to earth. And the message is pretty much always the same. We are all part of one consciousness, one being, whatever dimension we're living in, we are all loved beyond measure. We are all divine. Every single person is divine. Every single rock is divine. Every dog, every cat, every tree. So a call went out across the universe because earth is ending a 75,000 year cycle and not enough people were ready to make the jump to the fourth dimension. And those light beings in charge of planet Earth wanted more people to make the jump. So they asked for volunteers to incarnate on Earth and then spread that message. But of course, the laws governing Earth are you cannot just plow in here. Either you try to slip through the quarantine or you incarnate. So the, these higher dimensional beings of which now I understand there are 80 million of you here. You are one of these 80 million, most likely. Yep. And your job was to wake up and spread the word, which you have done. You are giving, you are channeling energy. Every time you give Reiki to somebody, probably every time you talk to somebody, you're giving mm -hmm. distance Reiki. Yep. Um, I can kind of feel it when you came on. Um, <laughs> so the wanderers, in my particular story, although they are not the only wanderers on earth because they've been coming forever, are here to help earth because mother earth, Gaia, is gone into the fourth dimension. And all of the us living here now, if we want to incarnate again here in our next life, we will have to be fourth dimensional. Um, yes. And so that yeah. fourth dimension can, is about love. Yeah, can you, um talk a little bit and I, I think the listeners I want to say something for the listeners I want you to understand that you know my guest is Susan Plun Plunkett is it Plunkett 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 okay I want to say Plunkett for some reason I probably have a past life in France with you or something but we're talking about her trilogy but we're also talking about I'm going to say the channeled information and yeah. they're woven together so the story in her books is really the story of what's going on on planet Earth. And That's right. um, I, I'm just going to say, I really believe that. I accept it, yeah. right? I, yeah. I believe it and it makes me happier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never been an unhappy person, but since I started channeling these books, I've been like so much happier. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the long run, the happiness of every single one of us is assured. We just have to wake up to the fact that we're divine. And yeah, then, and know, I'm, I'm hearing that message. I feel like that's your primary message, that yes. we are divine spark. We're all part of one. That is my main message. I mean, yeah. I've been asking this question, which I finally can answer at age 70, 
that I could not answer. When I, when I asked my first grade teacher, when I was supposed to be adding two plus three, I looked up at her and I said, Miss McGinnis, what are we doing here? And I meant, <laughs> where did we come from? Why are we here and where are we going? And she like looked down at me and she said, aren't you Christian? And I thought, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I didn't get the connection between religion and spirituality when I was six or five. But I've been asking that question a long time. And now I've been getting the answer. Mm -hmm. We're here to wake up. We're here yeah. to understand that we're on a journey back to the divine. And if we feel lonely or separate or abandoned, it's because we are feeling our separation from the oneness. Yeah. So, so yeah. in the story, these beings, but the problem is, as you saw reading the book, that once you incarnate here, you have to go through the veil of forgetting. So you don't know you're a divine. You don't know you're a wanderer. You just think you're an ordinary human, which yeah. is good. And you point out in the book too, in, in, the, in your, um, I'm just going to say this because you've said it, but you know, I'm so excited about your book. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, say this, no, say this, right? But it's that there was a volunteer. And then there are, I'm going to say, certain hazards that one encounters once they incarnate into 3D, realizing that we're trying to work our way to 4D, right? And 5D and so forth. So as your travelers in the book, you know, incarnate, what are some of the things they have to watch out for like you said the veil of forgetting which yeah. everybody talks about all the time like Loretta I can't remember who am I why am I here I feel like I'm missing something yeah, yeah. we are because in 3d is the only dimension where we're cut off from from all our other incarnations so yeah the wanderers have particular peril because the dark side you can also progress on the dark side up to a certain point but the dark side would like earth and humans to come to the dark side. They would like to enslave humans in various ways to be of service to them because the dark side is all about service to self. I've got mine. I want more. I don't care if you don't have anything. Whereas in the light, it's about service to others, whatever your service happens to be delivering the pizza, washing the lettuce, being president, whatever. Um, but the, the Dark Lords of Orion do not want the wanderers to wake up. So they would like to kill them as infants uh, or children or even when they're uh, grown up. So that's a big risk the wanderers take because they attract more attention than regular humans. And they can either be enslaved by the dark side, which can mean millions and millions of years on the dark side, or they can not wake up and fail in their mission and then be stuck incarnating for hundreds of thousands of years or they can wake up and realize that they're divine and they came with a message so some wanderers may have been here for a while incarnating yeah. or getting stuck in um yeah. you know they call it the wheel of karma right but getting right. stuck in the in the cycles until they finally get to where they do wake up Exactly. Yes, Everyone wakes up eventually. Mm -hmm. But yes, you can get stuck because the third dimension is heavy. We have these beautiful, heavy chemical bodies, but that comes with the problem of not knowing what, how we're living in other dimensions, being cut off 
And the third dimension is really hard. It's one of the hardest dimensions because it's a dualistic dimension, which in poor, high and low, old and young, you know, good and evil. And by the fourth dimension, there starts to be more unity where love is understood to be the coin of the realm and the path forward. But in the third dimension, we're still struggling. Thank you for that. You know, I, I feel like, um, well, number one, I feel like your message is my message, but it's also reminding me of a whole lot of other things, such as, you know, in, in the Law of One, the, the Book of Ra, right, um, it talks about the distortions, right? And and the distortions have to do with the 3D reality. And uh, people ask me um, all the time, like, how do I get out of 3D to go to 4D or 5D. And that's going to be where we're going to stop and take a little station break, right? Because we like a little cliffhanger. So people will have to come back. Anyway, this is Loretta Brown uh, on the original Loretta Brown show. I'm, I'm interviewing Susan Plunkett, the author of an amazing trilogy. And we're talking about the wanderers of on earth. And um, you do, you're going to want to come back to find out what you have to do to get to 4D. You are. We're going to take a station break. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development. That's why I worry about teens who try e-cigarettes. Many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like Juul, which have high levels of nicotine. And because teens' brains are still developing, they can quickly become addicted. The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Thank you. Thank you so much for that song, Betty. You are just so perfect in every way. Wow, that's great. And welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis. You can find out more about me at, at the KKNW 1150 AM uh, site. You can listen to all my pat podcasts. They're everywhere and they're archived and you can... <laughs> You can put them on play and listen to them like my daughter does one after the other. right? <laughs> and uh, my guest today, Susan Plunkett, and we're talking about her wonderful trilogy. We're talking about wanderers. We're talking about, oh, the dark forces and all kinds of things. We're talking about dimensional realities. So how do we were talking just before the break, you said something about that the way to get from 3D to 4D has something to do with love. And I mentioned the law of one, but I was thinking about 
um, service to the self versus service to others. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? That's it. You said it. You answered the question. Oh, oh. Way to get <laughs> oh okay. For me, is service to others. In a nutshell, service to others. Because that says that you get that we're all part of the same oneness. Because what you do for the other, you also do for yourself. So yes, the dark side, they're about service to self. And to progress on the light side, it's service to others. You know, it can be as beautiful as giving someone Reiki or as simple as holding the door for someone. Or like, if you're really, if your light is really beaming out, you can walk down the street and change the energy of the whole block. You can yeah, walk you into can. a subway car and like shift the energy of everybody in there. If your yeah. intention is to come from your heart, to come from love, to take nothing personally and to just set your beacon towards service to others. You know, I um, I believe in that so much. Um, and I talk to people about it all the time, but to, to realize that what you're thinking, feeling, emoting, intending, whatever it is you want to say, that your presence, your light coming out can affect those around you, I think is one of the most vital things for us to understand. And especially in our world where there's so much trouble, right? We're, 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 we're on uneven ground right now seeking for the, you know, the evenness and uh, the coming back together, right? Because our souls long for that. And to, to realize that whether we're official wanderers or not, we are in our own right, some sort of wanderer in the life. And we're being challenged with that, with that challenge. Like, are you going to be service to the self, which is, is demonstrated by greed and, and all of that stuff, or are you going to be service to others? And it, it's a real transition. It's real consciousness transition. Um, I, I want to ask you, um, where does consciousness reside? That's a big question. I, my personal belief is consciousness resides in the universe and our brains are receivers. We download consciousness from the divine. Um, and it's happening all the time. So in effect, you know, we're choosing what to channel all the time. Um, I mean, that kind of belief is borne out by people who've had near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Eben Alexander, the neurosurgeon, for example, um, was a very straight-laced guy until he had his near-death experience. And and talked about when he had no brain to receive, he, he still existed. So my personal belief is that consciousness is available to everyone. And we're making choices all the time by what we choose to focus on. I so also think our dreams come from that same place. Oh, thank you. You just went where I went was going to go. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, dreams are one of the ways we can get round the veil of forgetting. You can do past life regression. You can do even life between life regression. You go to the in-between place. Um, or you can pay attention to your dreams. You can dream of lives as I have on other galaxies. You can dream of lives in outer space where you can see Earth. Um, you can dream of past lives you might have had here or on similar planets. So if you really want to know more about your beinghood, your soul, 
really ask for the gift of a dream before you sleep and then catch it when you wake up because dreams are coming from that other universe. As Jung said, the unconscious inside of us is as big as the starry heavens outside. That's how vast it is. And really now, current day Jungians, they speak of the unconscious, but in Jung's time, he called it what it was, the divine, the divine. It is God talking to you in your dreams, showing you things. And you can ask for the gift of a dream to work out a problem. You can ask the gift of a dream for guidance or to, or to see your past lives. The more attention you give to the unconscious, to the divine, the more it will give you back. So I think one of the most beautiful things any person can do is get into relationship with their dream life. And also it helps insomnia. You will sleep much better um, if you pay attention to your dreams. I love dream work. Um, I've done dream work for years, right? Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, it, do we have different types of dreams and what can we do to interpret dreams? We do have all kinds of dreams, but the basic thing is that there is a wise being, a wise, wise consciousness that speaks to you in your dreams. It is enough to remember the dream and to write it down. When you write the dream down, whether in your phone or your dream journal, you are anchoring it in third dimensional reality and it will work on you. And I tell my patients, like, imagine your dream is a jewel. It's a beautiful jewel. Just carry it around metaphorically in your pocket. Take it out from time to time during the day. Turn it around, look at it, see what occurs to you. Even the writing down things will occur to you. Yes, you, you, if you want, not all dreams need interpretation mm -hmm. because they work on us even without it. But if right. you want to interpret your dream, you can get good at that because dreams speak a symbolic language. They don't, they don't care as much for words. So they show you images. So it's the image you're going to take out. For example, I once dreamt I was standing on a platform in space and I looked out and I saw Earth. And I thought, whoa, I can see that beautiful blue-green NASA image of Earth. Where am I? And all of a sudden, the Earth flipped upside down, just flipped upside down. So I woke up and I said, the earth flipped upside down. The world flipped upside down. My world is about to flip upside down. And it was. And it did. And the dream warned me. And my father, who was then 88, died the next week. But because of that dream, I canceled all my patients. I rented a car. I left New York City. And I drove to him in Ithaca, New York. And I got to spend the last eight days of his life with him. And if a dream hadn't told me your world will be, your world is going to turn upside down, I might have thought, oh, he just had a fall. He's not going to die. He was perfectly fine. But I knew when I had that dream, something was coming. I didn't know what, because we sometimes don't know exactly what the dream is trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Your dreams can warn you. They see around corners, into the future, into the past. Yeah. It is just one of the greatest things about being human that we have this consciousness that 
we can learn all kinds of things about ourselves and the world. And we're choosing what to download. I, um, I love that because I know that everybody has had a dream that sticks in their head, right? Like a lot of stuff you can't remember, but then you'll have that dream. And I had a dream, it must be 12 years ago now, where I was standing in the outback of Australia and there was a, 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 a Aboriginal man standing there on one leg with his, you know, and he's like, look, and I'm looking across the expanse of Australia and this massive tidal wave is coming. Like it's so big, it's just covering the continent. And I could see that it was coming straight for us and it's just creating this destruction on the bottom of the wave. And he just looked at me, he's very calm. And he said, it's coming and you just have to ride the crest of the wave. And just then the wave hit me and I went right through the bottom and got up on top and I was like body surfing, like kind of startled looking straight down at the wave moving forward. And I could see people to the right and left of me that were, it was like, we're all light and sparkly. And I could see the people down below and it was very, very clear. It was like, go tell people you have to ride the crest of the wave. And it, it has been unfolding itself through the years to where I really get it. Like it is about that, that tidal wave of transformation and my place in it. But like you say, sometimes we don't quite know because at that time I was like, okay, we're going through changes, but it was not in the accelerated rate that it is now or as global. Amazing. And the yeah. Aboriginal man, you know, was one of your guides probably advising yeah. you how to cope with what was coming. Yeah, it's absolutely right. He comes all the time. Beautiful, big dream. Yeah, yeah. So um, your, your guides <laughs> are nudging me to talk a little bit about the book. And I want to tell you this. I don't know if it's appropriate to say it or not, but um, your guides are showing me themselves in three sets, which is interesting. And I'll just give it to you. There, there's a set of five, a set of seven and a set of nine they have different colors associated with them pink green and, and violet and they're in a geometric shape and they're moving wow. in different forms so um but they're kind of validating everything that you've been saying that you are one of them and you did come to bring this message so forgive me for uh, crossing over that personal boundary in the interview but it was like they're just nigging me so grateful for that information yeah it's wonderful to I see the violet ones at times, mm -hmm. um, yeah. but I will, you know, it's more that I feel them and I'm so grateful to, to have that. I, you know, that I, and I'm so glad I finally woke up and took on my role as a scribe. I, they mm. must've been so impatient with me. Like, <laughs> well, get the decades are passing. <laughs> well, right. no. <laughs> Some of them are like, she was just being her, but we were getting impatient, right? We had to go through other people, right? <laughs> Which I think is the great message to all of us, you know. Um, you're, the ones that work with you, the the beautiful ones, um, will find a way to get through to you. So yeah. uh, don't don't worry about it. They'll Good. they'll make it they'll make it happen. And so there's a lot of people working like you. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of us out there on Earth right now. It's an amazing time to be here. Yeah. So in your book, because I'm going to pull them in a little bit, they, they, by the way, they're welcome in the show and they're giggling at me. They, they know that. Um, 
but you talk about the 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 chobans of the seven rays you you have names in your book that many people listening will uh, recognize el moria and saint germain and paul the venetian and lord lanto and lady nada and these people mm -hmm. um uh, can you talk a little bit about that and can you tell us a little bit about the storyline of your books because i really want to get people engaged oh thank you the yeah. first one, um, which is called Mission from Venus, because they're on Venus training, and it's Venus in the sixth dimension. I know right now Venus, we perceive it from Earth in the third dimension with an atmosphere of sulfuric acid, but it is simultaneously existing in the sixth dimension. And so the call has gone out across the universe asking for volunteers to be of service to the Earthlings. And many thousands come to Venus to train. And the people that train them are the Kohans of the seven light rays. Um, and each of them gives a training to prepare the wanderers for their mission to Earth. Um, and each of the Kohans yields a wields, I guess, wields a different flame. For example, um, Lord Lanto that you mentioned uh, wields the yellow flame of wisdom, um, which is a particular vibration. Uh, I, I always find myself going to Lord Sananda and Lady Nada, who are twin flames. Lord Sananda was incarnate on earth as Jesus, and she was incarnate yeah. as Mary Magdalene. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, my heart just breaks open when I think of those, yeah. of that pair of twin flames. Um, but they yield the resurrection flame, which is how he helped people rise from the dead when he walked on earth as Jesus of Nazareth. Um, and he teaches that we too can do these things. Everything he did, we can do. He's the most beautiful message, I think, comes from Jesus in the New Testament. Um, uh, but I receive information from him as Lord Sananda. Another one I love, even though he's difficult and tricksy, is El Moira, because he was um, King Arthur uh, in his, one of his incarnations, but he's kind of tough, you know, he wields the blue flame, the cobalt blue flame of the will of God. Um, because he, you know, he's a little tough. Like, if you can wake up in three more lifetimes, wake up now. What are you waiting for? You want to spend another 75,000 years in the third dimension? Because it's not going to be on Earth. Because Earth is the fourth dimension now. So you die as a third dimensional being, you're going to some other third dimensional planet. So he's like, come on, you got to wake these people up. Um, and then there's Master Hilarion, who wields the flame of healing, the emerald green flame of healing. Um, which I call on him, you know, if I'm about to have a gallbladder attack or something, I'm like, please help me here. Um, so, I mean, you can, you, you learn a lot more about them in book one, Mission from Venus, because that's where they're training the wanderers. In book two, they show up to help the wanderers, but they can only come when they're asked. Because yes. the laws Thank around you Earth, mm -hmm. you cannot just plow in here. Yes, the Dark Lord slipped through the quarantine, but the Masters of Light don't do that. They come when called. 
any being, everyone listening, you can call on the masters of light anytime you want. Mm -hmm. Just call yeah. and they will help yeah. you. You can just yeah. pray whatever. We could talk so long about them. I, I want to say that uh, that Master Sananda and, and uh, Jesus and and Mary Magdalene are also have been my long-term friends, even when I was a little girl. Yeah. And I used to sit in church and they talk about Jesus and I'm just looking at him and right. You know, my, my, my dear mother would say, don't talk about your imaginary friends, Loretta. Right. Just, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know we get shut down in so many yeah. ways. But, but I also love this, that we can call on them and, and it's the power of prayer. It is the, is the power of, of intercession or just calling for help. Yeah. And even if you don't really know, you, you do want to make sure you're calling on the, on the beings of light, right? Mm -hmm. um, those wonderful beings. Um, man, we are, I'm watching the time. I'm like, we do have a, a bit more time. I want to ask you, in the book, you talk about twin flames, yeah. And um, can you tell us a little bit, what is the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate? And I get asked this question all the time. And people also say, where is my twin flame? Am I supposed to find them in this lifetime? So can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? Um, you're, you have many soulmates. Your soulmates are the group that you repeatedly incarnate with. And one time you're the mother, one time you're the daughter, one time you're the boyfriend, one time you're the father. So you have many soulmates and you will encounter them in your life. You're, you have one twin flame. You do not encounter your twin flame in every life. Your twin flame is that person, that not person exactly, that other half of your spark that when you fly out from source, some sparks split into two and they go on having lives. Um, and incarnating in all kinds of galaxies and universes. And then at some point, they come back together to help each other with their lessons. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's miraculous. But you have only one twin flame, and you will not necessarily meet them in every life. You will meet many soulmates in your life. Yeah. And in your book, when the wanderers find their twin flames, what happens? It's... Uh, a light eruption like uh it's just everyone around is overjoyed it's a union it is a beautiful union it is like the fireworks were last night in washington dc it is like the feeling of that the feeling of an explosion of love and connection and oneness so how do you think that your books can help people right now get them to realize how much they are loved, how much they are loved, how, what a treasure they are, and that ultimately their happiness is completely assured if they will just accept their divinity. And when they need help, ask the light beings, ask the archangels, ask the masters of the, of the light rays, ask for help, pray for help, or just ask. Um, and I'm also being with that, you know, in the book, how, and I touched on this, but how the wanderers were being, um, uh, number one, under attack by the, the dark forces who were trying to take them down and then trying to seduce them into things, right? Yeah. Of, of various types, right? Yeah, you have to be careful, you know, you be careful of your addictions. 
because the addictions enslave you. You know, try to do something. If you, if you feel you're addicted to whatever, um, look at that and examine that because that's where you might be unfree. So why the call for beings to come to earth? What is, what is special about earth or this time on earth? Uh, we're going, we're ending a 75,000 year cycle and we're, where earth is in the fourth dimension and the, the council of nine responsible for this part of the galaxy wants as many people as possible to break through into the light and understand that they're divine because once they understand that and they come from love, they can be fourth dimensional and and they would like, because we are so loved, as many of us as possible. It's okay if you don't. You can go to another planet and spend another 75,000 years in the third dimension. But that's a little more painful than being fourth dimensional. Thank you. I was actually just going to ask that question because I've had people ask me, Loretta, what happens if we don't make the transition into 4D? And you go just to another third it. dimensional planet. That's and right. And the next time. Keep going through it. Yeah. It's your choice. Yeah. So we are down to just the last uh, minute or so. And where can people find you, find your books and any last message? Uh, they can find me at susanplunkett.com. Uh, That's my website, which shows my books. They can get my books anywhere books are sold. Uh, on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, um, or from my publisher, John Hunt Publishing. Uh, my last message is, you are so loved. Wake up every day and remind yourself what a divine being you are and that you are so loved. Thank you so much. Loretta, thank oh. you so much for having me. Blessings. Thank you for writing your book and thank your, your beautiful team for pushing you into it and so oh. much joy and love to you. And, and yeah, let's imagine together. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to listen to that song. <laughs> thank you. Bye, Bye now. To my listeners, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.